Really, how's it going, man? It's it's going real good. How about yourself? Good to hear. What's up to? So I'm uh, I'm just sitting here, uh, elbows on my desk, cards strewn about from last night's winnings, uh, and I've got I've got a short little joint here, cannabis sativa in my hand. Gonna, Very nice. Gonna light this baby up in a second here. I got a lighter that was came from came from uh, Dank.com. Uh, yeah, sort of a customized brand lighter. You know, it doesn't say anything about them, but it's one of those like short round lighters that has the uh, a little toothpick in it or whatever. I think. Yeah, for for like, oh, for, like yeah. poking out your ball or whatever. Yeah, just sort of sitting here, uh, window open to the wintry night. And uh, empty bottle of bourbon beside me. So that's that's the stand of it so far. How about yourself, sir? So um, I've been doing like a bunch of uh, card readings at work, and um, about just like topics that are pertinent in my life. And think like just going and investigating that stuff has really brought me like a ton of clarity. Like just like relationship issues that I've had with this one girl for a long, long time have finally been coming to an end and things are really coming together. And um, today in this tarot card reading, it just reflected that super cohesively, like, okay, here's what you've been working towards and here's the final product. Here's what you've wanted to, you know, come about. And um, it, it all makes sense, but it's also like just really good news. So, um, so that's what I've been up to uh, having a good day. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so I'm running this grand game where we're taking, uh, uh, basically one of these one of these online personages. I mean, do you remember do you remember the Nigerian priests in the in the group chat like two years ago? The Orishas, yeah. Yeah, dude. So so I've got one on the line. Very nice. Uh, what are you talking to him about? So I'm I'm in, in, in instructing him in the ways of ethics and performing arts. Uh, through through uh, the tutelage of, of a few friends of mine, uh, of of the same secret order to which the two of us belong. If uh, we don't have to say the name, but you know the one I mean. The. Uh... Yes. Wait, sorry. Uh... Uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, wink, wink, double wink, uh, left wink, uh, right whistle. I think is how it goes. Something like that. Um, but anyways, I mean, basically, basically, I'm so what I'm saying is on the Tower of, of Wizards, where you are a paladin, uh, our, our mutual friend Rose is is a, is a headmaster for the Outer Order, uh, a headmaster to the pre-pages, I guess you could say, since the page is the first step within. Okay, yeah. Was that Rose that I was talking to yesterday under the name Cato, or is that a different person? That's a different person, but I'm going to get the two of them on a discussion together, because I love the way that Cato played that Rose character. You know what I mean? Like, I did too. Like, it talked just like a real Rose would actually talk, I think. And actually kind of similar to the way uh, our, our old uh, mutual uh, adventuring buddy Rose um, spoke, also when pretending to be a Rose. You know, I think there's like a sort of an universal archetype, which is, which is like the way that the Roses kind of are or present themselves. I'm not sure. But but I but I think That's it'd be interesting. interesting. How is Rose doing? I haven't talked to them in a while. They're doing fantastic. Uh, I don't know how exactly they're dressed, but but uh, yeah, essentially they're they're in the Mardi Gras land and they're uh, you know misruling there in in the finest figure it seems. Very nice. So 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 yeah, exactly. You know, but a little bit on the side, this sort of uh, getting getting basically what we're doing is getting these. Uh, is three kings together to do sort of pilgrimage through a whole bunch of Telegram chat rooms. That's the idea. So there are two things I wanted to talk to you about. Um, the first is me kind of messing around in the uh, sorcery chat. Um, I don't know if you saw it, but today there was this like vampire in the chat, and um, they were sent. They sent like probably like fifteen pictures of this person they were hexing, and they had a picture of their face with various sigils um, on the face. And, and different like uh, photo effects on it. And I, I basically just called him out and I said like, uh, I said something along the lines of like, yeah, you're dumb. You don't even know what to do with the energy that you take. You're wasting your time and you're kind of like spiritually lost was like the, the gist of what I said. And, um, and so that's a fun little challenge I'm bringing about is kind of uh, poking the snake with a stick and seeing what happens. But the other thing is, uh, with um 
with uh, what Zumi recently said in the chat. I, I have no idea what he's talking about, but he said that that was a good tell. Did, did you see that in the sorcery of the spectacle, spectacle chat? Um, I haven't looked at that one yet, I don't think, but describe it. So, um, I was just, just talking about the nature of, of action in that, like, you can't be passive or active all the time because to say that passiveness is the answer is to say that, um, sitting down and doing nothing is the answer and to say that action is the answer is to say that you should just, you know, be, you know, obsessive in your pursuit of, uh, of essentially just satisfying lack. And so to take any of those metaphysical extremes is kind of uh, absurd so like you need balance you need to act when it's right to act and uh be passive and patient when it's right to be passive and patient and that, that's kind of a personal insight so something separate from the metaphysics and he said that's that that was a good tell i had no idea what he was talking about though how, what that meant in terms of a response my first guess when you when you told me the phrase was that he means that uh that the individual sort of outing themselves as the sort of person they happen to be you know yeah as in, as in, like, like someone who's what, uh, not afraid to hurt you, and is is dangerous. I suppose I don't know what else. Like, what sort of hacks? What were they putting on this person? What was, what were they trying to accomplish with it? Uh, okay, so here was what I kind of assessed from the situation. So they they posted all these pictures, and then um, let me check. Uh, oh yeah, so hello, how many guys? All oh, right. Yeah. So, so as as this evening's guest assists the public, uh, I will I will continue to regale you. I think in this regard. Oh yes, sir. Oh, totally fine. So, so I was talking to this person, and or no, they were posting in the chat, and then I was looking at the reactions to what they posted, and it they like just from like the the vibe of it all. It seemed like the, the sigils they were using were pretty serious. The only thing was, uh, they, they appeared to be goetic. However, they were unusual. Like, they weren't, to me, they, were, they weren't recognizable goetic symbols. Like, they weren't, like, you know, the go-to main demons. They were, like, uh, they, they looked like peculiar sigils. So, um, it, it, I, I wasn't sure whether this person was just doing the standard thing of, like, just working with entities, or if they were, like working with an especially potent entity, but, um, yeah, I just was, like, playing with the fire there, messing with them. Right. When you say goetic, you mean it's, like, in that same particular style where it's got, there's a lot of, what, triangles, stars, straight lines. Absolutely. Oh yes, tonight's guest is multitasking and uh, checking uh, guests into the lodgings while conducting this discussion on the mysterious arts. It is the year 2022, ladies and gentlemen, or the year 5 CE, if you don't like the anadome and I count to anything. Now, uh, tonight's guest has raised a very interesting point on the subject of malevolent magic and malevolent persons who wield it, which is, do you feel brave enough to encounter them? Well, you shouldn't, unless you have the knowledge entailed. Are you are you there again, sir? I am, yeah. Okay, so 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 what was it with that last bit then? What were you thinking? So uh, I've been looking into defensive magic. Uh, I've started that book by. Uh... It's, his name is Damon something, but it's the book is titled like uh, Defensive Magic Protection Against Like Bullies, Psychic Vampires, Blah Blah Blah. And um, I, I was reading that book, and I and today at work I, I finished just digesting all the information I needed from the book and uh, printing out the information um, for like uh, essentially uh, how to initiate the ritual, like uh, reading the. Uh, they're scanning the names backwards and then and then saying the names out loud three times, and then um, also the uh, the I, I believe it's called the uh, sword vanishing ritual and then the master vanishing ritual. I uh, printed out information on both of those two, so I'm gonna give that a shot and um, maybe try to test it out in you know a live situation. Nice man. Are you are you saying you're gonna try to get this guy to curse you so you have an opportunity to test out defensive techniques? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm playing it kind of like the, the foolish way of like just jumping into battle, but also like the uh, cautious way of like, if he doesn't really feel like doing it, I'm not going to push him that hard. But um, if someone's like quick on the gun and they're ready to just go at someone, that's the person I want to, you know, battle with and kind of uh, make a example of. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Because, I mean, you've got to... You got to think like how hard are you willing to punch and how how much you know like especially when you're sparring, uh, that's something that every every sort of you know fighting man has to has to come to a, an agreement about I guess yeah. is, right. Because like I'm not trying to be a nuisance to him just because he aligns differently, but like if he's someone who's just immature and ready to you know throw hexes around, then by all means I'm gonna um, do the reverse to that. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So you're talking about like simple reversal, like completely just like turning whatever he's putting out inside out. Well, one, the, the first side of it would just be protection, um, defense against whatever he throws at me. But the other side would be looking into, um, to what extent I can essentially redirect that flow of power back at him. Yeah. Now you were talking because like I'm a resilient, disciplined person. Uh, I feel like, um, on one hand, I could probably handle whatever he throws, but with the protective magic and also some kind of effort to like redirect that, knowing that it's going to happen, then that's the situation I'm looking at. That's what I'm looking into. So you're looking into seeing situations basically where, um, you know, it's strange, dude. This this <laughs> this joint. I mean, it's kind of strategic. <laughs> I would say let's listen in, but the audio is a bit, a bit uh, dull. Yeah, so this, this, this joint tastes a considerable amount like long pork barbecued over a grill, my friends. It's deeply bizarre. If you're interested in cannibalistic treats that uh, don't hurt anyone, look up longporksilversgoldencigars.com. Longporksilversgoldencigars for the cannibal among us who wishes to quit tobacco to substitute your desires. Uh, okay, so anyway, enough about this joint. Are you are you here with us again, sir? I've returned. Okay, great. So so you were um. So you are you talking about a situation where where it's a known attack where you like you know the person's cursing you or is it one where you sort of just suspect like how do you deal with those types of situations? So I, I figured that I'm not hexed at the moment. Um, I feel like I would feel a lot worse if I was. So I'm not really worried about an active attacker. So uh, I guess what I'm doing currently is I assume he didn't do anything yet or hasn't like planned anything and probably isn't gonna you know, get in a situation of that, but, um, right now I'm kind of litmus testing it before and after, like, just doing the initiatory thing, um, beginning to do, like, a, a daily practice of the sword banishing and master banishing, and then, um, once I've kind of settled in that, I, I may decide, you know, based on the results of that, to be a little bit more incendiary with the uh, people in the sorcery world chat. Right, right, because you but can still just up. ask that one guy. Do you know the owner of that chat? The the administrator of the sorcery chat. Uh, I, I'm not sure if I do. He's in the uh, sorcery of the spectacle chat as well, and he owns the uh, esoteric chat, the conspiracy chat, and the sorcery world chat. Okay. And um, I, I'm on pretty good terms with him, but I, I am quite confident that he's a, a psychic vampire, and I'm and. That might also be like an alternative is just asking him to for some, you know, test period of time to try to hex me and then me try to block it. Are you talking because about I feel like he would be reasonable and not overdo it or anything. Are you talking about Hellboy bound uh on on uh... No no that was the guy who I who I tried to start an argument with today a little bit. Well he's he's the owner of Sorcery World if we're talking about that same chat we're both in. Oh, is he? Um, I'm thinking of someone else. Maybe uh, I mixed up who owned the chat, but I was thinking of the guy. Uh, he, he got in a big argument in Sorcery of the Spectacle a little while back. Um, he was arguing and saying he was going to hex uh, Jolly Jenkins. Do you remember that? No way, dude. What? What's his What's his name of his ampersand? Um, hmm. 
I'm not sure I know what it is. I think he got a weird name. Um, maybe I'll see it in the list here. Oh yeah, I'll, ch I'll check back to it. But you're saying so he wanted to curse Jenkins? Why? So uh, Jenkins is on the spectrum, and he's very kind of politically agitated. Someone who just like uh, essentially like stands by his position and will cause as much damage as is necessary to just make a point and uh you know that sort of thing mm -hmm. um uh, oh, sorry i gotta oh never mind okay um so um he's like that and basically um the the other guy is kind of like a magically oriented person someone who's you know more in line with like the the feeling involved in all of that so like where jenkins is you know making rationalistic kind of uh kind of purely rationalistic retort um this guy's kind of saying like yeah don't do that um or or else and jenkins was like just being kind of uh combative with that like yeah or else what um blah 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 um and then uh the guy said he was gonna hex him and i told jenkins um i, I would be a uh, kind of uh arbitrary if needed but that um just to keep me updated if you know the hex went through if something happened but it, it seems like nothing happened as of yet exactly sir well here's the thing back in the day when this sort of stuff was conducted on the physical plane not as frequently on the magical though i think it did go on back then as well uh a duel required five men there's the two men who have the beef right but each man also have to have his second there and then also there's the judge or the mediator or the man in between. And he oftentimes has an attendant or several as well if he feels that he needs a witness for his part, you know. So like if you're gonna if you were gonna really go head to head in magical war with a guy, you should you should have some guys standing by to observe and, and, and do and do uh, first aid if required. Hold up, your audio's playing through my phone speaker. I'm gonna call you back so I can get it through my AirPod. Oh there we go, perfect. This gives another good interlude for an advertisement, friends. And for this ad, I'm going to pull one from my deck. Hang on. Before we do it, here it comes again. That was quick. All right, then. So I want to I wanna announce Cicada. Hello, thank you for calling Hilton, Hilton Peachtree City. This is Connor speaking. May I assist you? So I'm not able to transfer calls unless the caller has both the uh, room number and the last name. Uh, I need the room number associated with that name, just... Okay, I'll check. It's... No, ma'am, that's a different room. That sounds a bit a bit now. that sounds a bit sketchy. If you hadn't stood in the way, someone could have had a traumatic experience tonight, you know. I know, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> well he's dealing with yeah. this right. customer. What's the name you'd like to have on this profile? To oh, conclude my advertisement. You said clerk was last name? Cicada Recovery Services. Found at www.cicada-recovery-services.com Shamanic Practitioner, Trauma, Spiritual Regression. May I see your ID and credit card? Conducted by Karen uh, Hutchins, MA. Is that going on this program? So... We need a, uh, a physical card to uh, verify for this reservation because it, it wasn't set up with a credit card authorization form. Here. Okay. I assume when we check out, you can use more different card Yes, ma'am.
So just so you know, housekeeping is upon request, so just contact the front desk if you need anything. Okay. And the uh, guest parking is down this path here. You'll take two rights. It goes on the back side of the building on this side. You should be guards to get to the back doors there. Okay. And did you want to check into that other reservation as well? Yes. Okay, sure. <laughs> May I see the credit card you'd like to have on file? Not a problem. That was enjoyable. I could pick up a little bit of their conversation in between. So I've, uh, I've, uh, I've been sitting here smoking this stem and uh, and drawing some cards. So, so for my current situation, yeah, why not give me a reading? So I've got the Ace of Spades right in the middle. Oh, very I'm nice. doing a three by three. I've got the Joker inverted above it. Joker's on a bicycle, by the way, and he's got the number eight zero eight. Uh, right. Uh, right behind him, it looks like he's driving past it. It's almost like exhaust. Then on the right of the ace, I've got another Joker inverted. This is a Hoyle's uh, plastic coated, made in the USA Joker. He's got he's winking. It's just as it's just a stylized like Art Deco, or even simpler uh, head hat with the collar, um, and and a scepter in his hand that has his own face on the end of the scepter. But at the corners of his hat are the heart and the the spades symbols, and at the corners of his neck 
are the, uh, or rather, like in between the the lapels, uh, are the are the uh, diamond and clubs. Now, to the right, or rather, opposite that, to the left of the ace. So the the leftmost card is the upright joker of the same style, and the uh, joker below is also the same one upright. So uh, to again to give a reading, it's a it's a one three one card. Uh, bicycle joker inverted above, in the middle. Uh, Hoyle's joker. I shouldn't call him Hoyle's. What is it? A joker face. I guess a face joker. Face joker ace of spades. Face joker inverted. And then on the third line is the Joker upright. What would you what would you interpret to that? Okay, so I couldn't keep track of all of those, but um, the inverted Joker next to the Ace of Spades to me is a little bit of a concern because, to, like to me, that reflects a kind of spiritual stagnation with the Ace of Spades being the mystery and then the Joker being new beginnings. If the Joker is inverted on on both sides, then that to me that indicates that um there's a kind of uh repetition and cycling back to uh, old feelings okay that's very interesting so this one's different though because it's not on both sides so the joker above is inverted and the joker on the right is inverted and i forgot to mention the ace is jo inverted as well but the joker on the left is upright and the joker beneath is upright do you get it so no single line has more than i mean both both directions has one upright and one inverted joker Does that make sense? Exile this short messages me. He says, some hardcore shit folding over and over. Only through my cycles do I come to this. I didn't try to grasp onto it, but I've noticed it over the years. How do you get out of the solipsistic logical paradoxes like we know the new age has got some fucked up solipsistic bullshit and life is all a dream type fucking bullshit? But you literally transcend that for recognizing the other people as like your fucking heroes for being human. So I was reading in quotation. Uh, what was that? Uh, I, I missed some of what you said. Um, I guess. Okay, yeah, so I was just describing... Oh, wait, you know, it's, it's, it's Exile de Champ uh, giving us some sort of real-time commentary. It's, it's the cult of the saints in your own way. Uh, so, so basically it's this. So, so, so here's my, it's a Celtic cross, I think, is the name of the, of the tarot spread. Oh, there's supposed to be one crossing, the one in front, isn't there? I mean, in the middle. There is, yeah. All right, so that one is the Ace of Hearts, and that's facing up oh. the top of the card is facing to the left. So the spades is inverted, crossed by the Ace of Hearts. Left joker's upright, right joker's upside down. Bottom joker's upright, top joker's upside down. Wait, I feel like you've, you switched this up, um... So, uh, originally you said that the Ace of Spades was upright and the Jokers were upright? Not so. So, two of the Jokers are upright. The other two are upside down. But uh, the Ace of Spades was actually inverted the whole time. I just didn't look at it close enough. It's a very ornate uh, ace. It's made manufactured by uh, Gemako or Gemako, also made in the USA. The heart, the heart does not signify, but it's got... It's got um, it's doing well, how are you? It's got tritons and, and mermaids on the back of it, uh, whereas the Gamarco one uh, has oh has a <laughs> it advertises a local bank's 50th anniversary. That's interesting. Well, how about that for you? How about that? Um, the bicycle cards are the ones that have the oh this one has a, has a, the Joker has has a bicycling cherub and and cherubs that are both mermaids but with wings in the corners. But for the ones with the Hoyle uh, those are the ones with the regular mermaids, single tail, uh, and no wings. And then, of course, the two tritons with the shell Hello. and the trident. Are you there again? Okay, yes, sir. No, he's not. So, Exile de Champ sends more messages. He says, you would just be like, wait, no, I'm not that guy. I'm this guy. There's this eternal humanity birthing, but necessarily we're going to see all these fucking people die around us every fucking day. And it's not their fucking day. We're not fucking special. How do not lose our minds? On the path of liberation, what about everybody else? Would you like to charge that chair? 
got to buy into everybody else, Exile says. And the dead people, you've got to discern the meaning of their death. This is the legend of who we are, says Exile Deschamps. And you will find humanity will never die, he says. This is the magic shit. So in the uh, Exile versus Zumi kind of uh, battle, I guess. Yeah. What's your take on it? Like, where do you think Exile is as far as, like, um, if we were to compare these two people and the insights that they have, um, is Exile kind of more so in the wrong? Is Zumi kind of more in the judgmental? What do you think? You know, honestly, uh, I, I see their beef as simply a way to bring publicity to their ideas, honestly. I mean, they do disagree on things, but often, but it's so diametrically, it almost feels fake. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I feel that. Like, like for example, not actually suggesting he's he's more so like playing the role of a, of a psychiatrist diagnosing uh, exile and exiles. Like, you can't diagnose me. I'm actually more sane than you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, an exile, exile. I mean, what was just one of his more recent gripes? I noticed they had very opposite points of view. I guess one is that Zumi's actually very into the life is all a dream concept, right? That he says that, that there's a way of knowledge to be found in treating both your waking life and your dreaming life as a continuum of the same expression, right? He was, he was telling me about this earlier tonight, though he didn't want to be recorded. So I'm not going to go into the ideas on it, but Exile, you know, like, I mean, I think I read the quote on air just a few minutes ago, like he was denigrating that entire concept right uh and thinks that it's a dangerous uh point of view so that's what's exciting about it is they both are very like out there and ex you know kind of kind of like me really meaty questions for the for the current day and for and for the transformation of consciousness and exploration of reality i suppose uh but they but they you know there's this clash dude that's very much like the old uh like the bullfighting dudes you know like when matadors used to fight it was like that so he kind of uh, follows I feel like it it's up. hard to communicate with Zumi because, like, he he's under like to me he understands things in a very poetic way, and like me myself, I like break things down and I analyze them to the minutia, but I don't analyze the minutia in order to suggest like the minutia are the most relevant details, but only to refine the the viewpoint to such an extent that insight is you know harvestable from that where you could actually cultivate something out of the viewpoint. And I feel like when he gets into this this kind of stuff of like everything is a dream, um, it, it's it's a totally useless viewpoint. Like to view things as a dream is it, it's like I, I talked to him about this. I said like it, it's kind of a a dangerous form of mindfulness because um, it, it doesn't seek to find the dreamlike aspects. It's just labeling everything as a dream. Like if you just name you know any given thing that happens to you and you say oh that's a dream, it doesn't actually bring out that dreamlikeness, the, the dreaminess of it. It doesn't actually, you know, uh, observe that happening, that happenstance uh, as, you know, including both your action and, you know, the action that is seemingly, you know, exogenous or exterior to you. Right. Like, where's the barrier, you know? So Exile says, uh, following up, says, you know, this is the magic shit. But usually I let it go. I have to let go of have. Wait, how do how do I pronounce this? But usually I let it go. I have to let go off have any relationship with anything except for one thing, and that's kind of define who I am. My brain is melting out of my ears. If you find me dead, will I find me dead? This is it's it his. Yeah, I remember, dude. What I am experiencing right now is called Peter Pandemonium. There was this YouTube video that gave a theory on Peter Pan that the children died in the Blitz. They go to the fucking Treasure Island or whatever the fuck Never Never Land. And then, somehow, they just sort of get dreamed back into reality again. 
and they're alive now, and like life is like a dream, and you never get to know who's pulling the strings. How long are you going to run away from happiness? How long are you going to be afraid? Those are the words of Walt Disney and Sigmund Freud spoken together. I'm just talking to me, he says. Sorry, holy shit, I'm going to die, dude. So would you say that's kind of how Zumi is, kind of taking on this, like, Walt Disney, um, kind of vibe? Oh, interesting. Maybe that's why Exile hates him, because he, he stole his identity. Yeah, no, I, I really, like, that's something I've noticed in Zumi, is, like, he's around all of this left-wing thought, all of this kind of, like, schizoanalysis, and, and he, he didn't ever pick up on that, though, I don't think, like, the idea that, like, diagnosis, I guess, like, it really gets into, like, not just diagnosis of others, but like self-diagnosis is not like through some kind of like higher order order understanding where you're just kind of netting together everything that's happening and, and trying to um, have like a top-down insight it is like the inverse of how how is best to approach those phenomena. Like uh, I feel like it, it to an outside viewer, like his life and how he's developed as a person. It, it, it would be a wonder as to why he wouldn't be enlightened. But to me, that there's a very clear reason, and, and it's exactly that. I think so. And for this, I'm going to draw another card. Ha-ha! Not a fortune-telling card, a business card. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another advertisement. This one's from The Firm Properties. You want to talk about randomity? I picked up this business card from a sidewalk in Miami. I've never met the person and I've never proprieted their business or come to any other place that recommends them, but she is very attractive. Uh, Wendy Concepcion, licensed real estate agent. Uh, you can contact her at wendy at thefirmsproperties.co or their main website. Doing well, how are you? Thefirmproperties.co. All right, so that's that for there. And I think we may have possibly lost contact with Connor there, but I've got a new message from Exile. He says, because there's nothing for me here, right? Except being a drag on everybody, right? Drag on. The flow of the universe was just sort of cultivate my spirit in this world only so far and then cultivate it elsewhere, he says. All of these children now exist after we were children. We don't have any reason to exist anymore. We're only in the way. We can escape the wheel of time. But we have to let go of everything. Don't you get it? There was nothing to lose in the first place. I can fly. Can you fly? That's what he says. I'm going to call Connor back. I'll call up someone else. I'm Captain Jack, and this is my show. Line busy on Connor, so I think it's a combo episode. Maybe we'll have a second guest, because we're only 38 minutes in. I can have a short conversation with some short person, or perhaps I can exile the chomp, call it. Why not? Let's call him up. Let's see if we can get him on air. It is possible. Let's see if he does it. If you won't freaking answer, I'll call up someone else. This is live radio, ladies and gentlemen. You never know what's going to happen next, and neither do I. Alright, if he doesn't answer in the next ring, I'm going to hang up. Alright, so much for that. Maybe next time. End call, and I'm going to ring up another person. Oh yeah, this one here. So, uh, Nikki Love wants to get me investing in, in the Bitcoin opportunity. Let's see if Nikki will answer tonight. Come on, there's a chance to beef up your business and explain to the people about it. Or perhaps you don't have the clue what's going on. Someone just told you there's an easy scam and you'd try it. Perhaps Nikki knows nothing about Bitcoin. Ask them some, some technical details and see if your quote-unquote expert trader can answer. So much fun. All right, enough of that. Uh, I'm going to reply. I mean, hang up on Nikki and let's call back Connor because Connor just called me. Here it goes. Here it goes. Here it comes. Rolling in now. Rolling in.
Yeah, he did. I mean, he did just call me, I swear. We'll see if he answers. Hello again. Oh, good, you're back. Okay. So... Oh, yeah, my sister just called me. Oh, yeah, not a problem, not a problem at all. So we've got about 12 minutes to go, so I thought maybe we could... Let's wrap up this reading, and then we can kind of get to any concluding thoughts you'd like. So, so to remind sure. you what I've got here, it's like a Celtic course, okay? So from left to right, it's it's a joker, inverted ace of spades crossed by the ace of hearts, and then an inverted joker. At the top is an inverted joker of a different deck of cards that has a bicycle on it, and the number 808. And at the bottom is an upright joker of the uh, same deck as most of the rest of the cards. And consider that as the current situation. What would you sort of what would you sort of say about it uh, for for the person of of my profession, perhaps? I would need to individually look into the meanings of those cards. I haven't really memorized them, where I could uh, kind of uh, get a reading that quickly. Not a problem. Not a problem. Well, let me do this for you then. Uh, everyone who's listening who has a possible reading for those cards, do send me your interpretation. I always like to find a new reader, you know. So send me uh, at sotscast at pm.me. That's S-O-T-S-C-A-S-T at protonmail.com or PM me. Get it? Private massage. So uh, that's it for that. Um, I just discovered something that when we were having a conversation, I thought of the image of the menorah, right? So beloved of the Jews. And I realized it can serve as a shape of a card reading, right? So say I want to do a reading for this upcoming week. What I do is I draw seven cards in a straight line, starting with the bottom one, right? And the bottom one's where I'm at now and counting up for the next, uh, for the next six days. Or actually, no, you skip the current moment. You do a Celtic cross for the current moment like I just did. And then, you, and then you throw the seven cards for tomorrow and, and so forth, right? Um, but you want to know what happens if you, wanna, if you can steer off course for each day, right? So that's where the branches come into play. So you put, you know, you put card to the left for the final card for what if I take, you know, say, uh, well, next week today, a different way, you know? And you put that one to the left and you do another one just to the right of it to show what if I were to take it the other way. Then you can do that for each of the previous days, right? Counting it down to the present. Well, what you can do from there is, because if you're looking at the entirety of the next week, you, you continue the branches for the furthest ones, right? So if you were to make a big change in your life tomorrow, you would have a whole different week, you know what I mean? If you would wait till the third day and then make a big change, the first half of the week would be the same, but the second half would be different. But then it gives you a way to look at how timelines work. And then you can look at how, what happens if you loop them back in. Can you steer back to the original position you were in? And if so, can you finish out the week the way you would have begun it, but with taking an interlude in between? That's how I like to think. That's a good way to do it. Uh, that sounds like a, a really novel technique. And um, I would say on top of that, one kind of thing you could add to that would be um this was something that worked really well for me is a, a tree of life spread and there's a uh if you look up tree of life tarot there is a, a website that shows just like a, a breakdown of what all the different cards mean but um once you get the results of that if you take the the cards and you correspond them to the actual um translation of the word of, on the on the uh on the tree of life like whether it be peace like mercy or strength and you know that sort of thing it, it comes out to give not only like a card reading it, it's like a geometrical card reading where you can look at the different um pathways on the tree of life and it gives you an, an understanding of how these different cards are uh working kind of interrelating uh, apart from the whole picture but like uh, as segments Exactly. And I think that the symbols for theta and phi both represent the same sort of like the divergence and then reconvergence of timelines. But they're, but they're oriented in a different way. So if a theta was viewing time as a horizontal line, right? But it's not. It's a vertical line that goes straight out in front of you, right? It's from right here, straight on till morning, forward, you know? That's how you fly. But you can turn a little to the left, you can turn a little to the right, you know, and you can find an alternate path if there's something in your way. Or if, like, tomorrow is a day that you don't want to have to live. Well, it doesn't mean you have to end it all. You just steer differently, you know, and then you come back around after it's over. That makes sense, yeah. 
But to reach that point, you've got to have certain characteristics. You've got to be able to test for the timeline you're in, and you've got to figure out how to steer back to the one you're originally in. Okay, yeah. So that's where, that's where um, you know, number patterns oftentimes are very useful. If you've got a particular number in your life that you find changes, you know, like a number on a particular card or a certain piece of paper or something that you hear repeated often, but like sometimes it's different, well, pay attention to that because that's your guide station. You know, you can use that uh, anomaly as a compass, essentially, right? Well, you find the weird leak in your reality when you have one thing that doesn't quite match. Say there's that perhaps the the clock on on your phone or the clock on your on your stovetop, for example, all of them shows you certain repeating numbers. Well, you take notice of that, see. And then what you can do is you can see if you can steer it, perhaps, right? You know, if there's a certain if there's a certain sequence that represents the baseline, well, then you can see if you can deviate from it by doing the deviation. And then also see if you can steer back to where you were, because that's what's important. There's no point in taking a right-hand path or a left-hand path if you can't rejoin the middle at some later time. And vice versa. Okay, yeah. You know, there's it can be a further left and a further right from any point where you are, you know. It's not a single branching menorah and they loop back inside. So that's the problem with the menorah candlestick is it teaches you that you that every choice you make is infinite, right? And well, that can make it impossible to act. You can be like, oh no, uh, someone needs to tell me what to do or I can never do anything at all, you know? But if you don't think of it like that, if you say, I can put back together anything that I've done, right? I can undo all my creations if I so choose. It makes you much more free to act. That makes sense. Uh, and then it allows you to do a second draft as well. You know, you can come back and edit. Now, not everyone can always go back in time. That takes certain technologies. You can't usually do it with abilities. But you can steer through time, at least in the in the trajectory that you're already set to, or, or slow down or speed up. Okay, yeah. So, so Mercury used to be the god who was more or less in charge of this, uh, and then Saturn took care of the fixed time. That's to say the daily, day-to-day, -day, the quotidian existence, right? That was his charge and mercury was able to communication side about a, a speed of light quicksilver this sort of thing flying flying with no friction all those sorts of things but but then but then they decided to shift it around a bit you know so mercury decided to take on the more more mystical and ghostly the sagacious sort of side uh and and hand over his his fiery direction over to the new guy who's taking the place of Saturn, because Saturn is dead, and for all those reasons, uh, we had to refill that post. Well, Photamicus is the new god of time, and he does happen to rule the seventh day of the week as well. So I want to give a big hand to Photamicus. If everyone in the audience could kind of just give him a big hand right now, that'd be nice. All right, thank you. You're too kind. Well, Photamicus, uh, thanks all of you, and, and thanks tonight's guest too. Uh, and, and before either either of you, but Photemicus's day isn't today. Today's today's Wednesday. It's the day of Mercury. Uh, you know, and they named it after Wotan for some reason. Um, but Mercury's day is a great day to write letters to people or speak very quickly to yourself or anything in between. Um, but as we're nearing up to the last four minutes of today's show, let me pull up one more advertisement for you, sir. And I'd like to advertise my favorite scent. It's called Vetiver. Vetiver, pure essential oil. It has a quieting effect. Uh, peel for important safety and use details, but I'm not going to do it. The manufacturer is Auracacia. Ingredients are only one. That is to say, Vetiveria Dizanioides, or Vetiver oil. They say that our promise is single botanical, no synthetics, tested for authenticity, and not tested on animals. Uh, remember the Positive Change Project. I think a positive change in your life would be to shoplift essential oils from your nearest Amazon-owned uh, storefront. That's what I recommend. Tell them that Jeff Bezos sent you, or give them my name. So, so back to you, sir. Is there, is there anything you'd like to, to kind of wrap off with in these in this final uh, 20 seconds? No, so I'm kidding about that. We've got about two, but, okay. but I'll, we'll throw in some music, you know, so maybe if you cut it short, the longer for the outro, but what, what would you like to say? So, when we're talking about the rankings, what is a paladin and what are the rankings? What's the ranking system? Oh, sure. So a paladin is the first level of the second order. The first order tops with the knight, and then there's the esquire at arms below him, the page below him, and then that's the bottom of the first order. And b uh, below the first order is the outer order, which has no ranks, and it's simply just uh, the pamphleteers. Sorry, that was a little bit fast. 
Sure, I'll do it slowly. So, so at the outer order, if someone joins the organization, right, they're just considered a pamphleteer. They might not even know what organization they're part of, right? But once they get inducted, once they're brought into the secret tower, right, they immediately become a knight, okay? But the knight has to have guards below him that, that, that can help him out, right? So, so, the, so you can also, uh, instead of taking the secrets, you can gradually work your way up to them, right? So if you're in the outer order, you can become a page and 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 wait on a night for example right and then and you do that with some other guys you know and you get to know each other it builds camaraderie uh but then if the pages decide well i want to take this a little further right maybe learn some martial arts or something then they become an esquire at arms okay so that's where arms takes the next level right well then that's where arms once he's figured out that out i think he's ready for the for the real you know deep dive that's when he takes the knighthood right uh, well, a night is just a place you can stay for the rest of your life if you like. You can have infinite adventures with it. But if you want to delve into the inner secrets, well, the paladin is next. So, that's how it works. You might never know where your paladin is. Ours tonight seems to be at the Hilton Hotel. Very nice. All right, you do have ten seconds now if you're with us. I do. Uh, could you uh, continue where you left off? Yeah. Uh, eight seconds to go. Seven, five, oh, four. No. <laughs> Thank you and good night, sirs. Thank you. <laughs>